You are listening to the audio podcast of the weekly message preached at Central United Methodist Church in Arlington, Virginia. You're invited to worship with us in person on Saturdays at 4.30 p.m. or virtually through Zoom or Facebook on Sundays at 10.30 a.m. Visit us at www.cumcballston.org. There you can learn more about our congregation and how we worship God, serve others, and embrace all. The scripture today is from the Common English Bible, Psalm 34, 10 through 12. Even strong young lions go without and get hungry, but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. Come, children, listen to me. Let me teach you how to honor the Lord. Do you love life? Do you relish the chance to enjoy good things? The word of God for the spirit of God. Thanks Thanks be to God. Today, my friends, we're going to talk about the power of trusting in God. I think it's essential in our lives as Christians that we have a communication with God as well as a trust level that ensures us that everything in our lives will work together for good. Will you pray with me? Consecrate me now to thy service, Lord. By the power of grace divine, let my soul look up with a steadfast hope, and my will be lost in thine. the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. And before I begin today, I just want to say what an honor and a joy it is for me to be able to share and worship uh, with you all today. Um, I look forward to these moments, and I apologize that I wasn't uh, exactly on time as I put into my GPS this morning, Central UMC. And boy, was I surprised uh, when I arrived at what I do know to be Central UMC. Uh, this morning, and so had to come a few more minutes over. But it's a joy to be able to share with you, and I continue to pray for your pastor as she's on this time of renewal leave. And I say to you, however uh, I can or Callaway can be of assistance, we are here. Um, We're sisters and brothers in the Lord. Amen. I'm going to share just a couple of verses of scripture as well to companion um, with what has already been read. From Acts chapter number 12, I'm just going to read uh, verses 1 to 10. About the time Herod the king stretched forth his hands to vex certain of the church, and he killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. And because he saw it pleased the Jews, he proceeded further to take Peter also. These were the days of unleavened bread. And when he had apprehended him, he put him in prison and delivered him to four quintarians of soldiers to keep him, intending after Easter to bring him forth to the people. Peter, therefore, was kept in prison, but prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto God for him. And when Herod would have brought him forth, the same night Peter was sleeping between two soldiers bound with two chains. And the keepers of the door, or keepers, I'm sorry, the keepers before the door kept the prison. And behold, the angel of the Lord came upon him, and a light shined in the prison, and he smote Peter on the side. 
And he raised him up, saying, Arise up quickly. And his chains fell off from his hands. And the angel said unto him, Gird thyself, and bind on thy sandals. And so he did. And he said to him, Cast thy garment about thee, and follow me. And he went out and followed him, and wist not that it was true, that which was done by the angel, but thought he saw a vision." And when they were past the first and second ward, they came into an iron gate that leaped into the city, which opened to them of his own accord. And they went out and passed on through the street, forthwith the angel departed from him. Amen. And so today I want to talk about the power of trusting God. So this month at Callaway, I'm speaking specifically on um, the power, the power that comes in our lives. So we've talked about the power of prayer and then into the power of trusting God. And next week we'll close with um, the power of praise. And I wanted to share part of that with you um, today as it has really encouraged my heart and so many of our members Now, when I was in school, I I went through a phase that I was so into musical theater. And uh, in musical theater, um, there was always this time that you had to tune up before you have to perform, just like our choirs do, right? Our choirs and our praise team, at least we we hope they do, because if not, it's not going to turn out so well <laughs> for any of us. Um, and so there's this time that you have to tune up beforehand. And um, as you tune up beforehand, you get your voice onto the right note, the right tone, and you're all ready to be able to sing together. In the early part of my ministry, I served a church in Jackson. Mississippi that um, I would get irritated with some of the people in the church on Sunday, irritated in worship, I know, but I would get irritated because on Sundays, uh, the Sunday that it was for the male chorus to lead, they always waited until the moment that we called them up to begin to prepare. And so when we would call them up, they, the guy would take out his harmonica and um, they all then try to get their voices together before they would start singing. And sometimes that would take two or three minutes. And sometimes it might take 10 or 15 minutes uh, for them to do so in a service that uh, people wanted to last one hour. And if you went over, they blamed the pastors. <laughs> And so in that, I learned even more about the importance of tuning up, tuning up so that you are ready. Why did I mention that today? Because, my friends, in our lives, there are times that we must tune up so that we are always ready for whatever life may bring. Now, our tune-up may not come with the piano or with the harmonica, but our tune-up in our lives is that opportunity that we have every single day to make sure that we are connected to God. Amen? Our tune-up is the times that we pray and we seek God or those times that we just sit quietly in our devotion or meditation time so that we are connected because we never know when a time may come in our lives that we might not have an opportunity to try to tune up and get ourselves ready. A time may come in our lives when we may not have enough time 
time to go back and to repent of everything that we've ever done and, and go back and try to get ourselves back in tune with God. And so that's why the Bible teaches us in First Thessalonians chapter number five that we should pray without ceasing. Now, some people get confused by that because you think when, when you're reading that, that that means that you need to be bowed down at the altar at all times, or you might have an altar at your home at all times, but that's not what the scripture means. The scripture is telling us that at all times we should stay tuned up. At all times we should stay connected. And so we see in this particular text an interesting situation that takes place in Acts chapter 12. In Acts chapter 12, we find that there is Peter in the church. There, there is, is something that is happening here because of Herod. Herod did not like what was going on in the church. And I know that's foreign to us, right? Christians in 2023, that there might be people who get upset with the church. I know. I know it doesn't doesn't happen now, but 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 in in, in days past. There were people, especially people in leadership, that wanted to control everything about life, including the people of God. And so we find in the text here, Herod came after and he killed James, the brother of John. And he had in in his mind as well to kill Peter. Why was that so important to him? Because whenever you want to try to take away uh, the people of God, whenever you want to try to get at a particular group, the adversary works in mysterious ways by going after the head of it. That's why it's so commendable that your pastor has taken this time of renewal leave so that even in her weariness, she would not allow herself to lose the strength that she needs. Amen. So she's building up so that she can continue to build up for you all. But we see in this particular text that when they got upset, angry with Peter and with the rest of the head of the church here, Herod decides that he's going to put Peter in prison. But the Bible talks about what happens while he's there. The people of God began to pray. Mm. And when the people of God prayed, what happens? Peter was released from that prison. It was miraculous, right? An angel, we always know something, something very special is happening in the Bible and even in our lives when God sends an angel. And I need us all to understand that despite how difficult circumstances and situations come in our lives, that God always has a way for us to escape. God always has a way to bring us out. God always has a way of bringing us through whatever we face. That shows us what happens when there is the prayer of the people of God. And and in order for them to get to that place of praying to God and seeking God above even what Herod is doing, they had to trust and believe that God could and that God would. So why? Why should we do that? Why should we as God's people pray and trust in God? Hmm, when should we do that? Pray and trust in God. And how should we do it? Praying and trusting in God. Good questions. When should we pray and trust God? We should always do it as a first resort. 
So too many times we pray, and when we pray, sometimes we do it as a last resort. When I was a little kid, I used to go um, in the summers down to North Carolina to be with my grandparents and my grandmother, um, who was the superintendent of the church school. She loved to do her lessons in the morning to pray over her Sunday school lessons in the morning. And in the afternoon, she watched soap operas. And her favorite one to watch was General Hospital. I'm not going to ask how many people in here saw that because I'm sure you guys do Bible study all day long. And so you don't have time for General Hospital. But but as I watched General Hospital with my grandmother, I, I used to laugh with her and I would tell her, even as a youngster, Grandma, they have some soap opera prayers. And so she's like, what are you talking about with that? And, and soap opera prayers to me represented that when people would go because there's trouble right there, God, I know you haven't heard from me in a long time, but I need you right now. Oh, God, don't let this happen to me. Oh, God, if you could fix this right now. And can I tell you that not just the people on General Hospital, but sometimes even us in this day and age, we have those soap opera prayers. If you could just do this for me quickly, God, I'll fix everything in my life. If you could just change what's happening to me, God, I I believe everything will be back in order. And sometimes what we end up doing is we pray these quick soap opera prayers, making these promises to God as our last resort because we've paid enough money, we've gone to see enough doctors, we've done everything that we can to try to fix our situation, but it's still the same. And so then what do we do? We go to God. It's too bad, my friends, when prayer is saved for a last resort or like a spare tire, something to to pull out only after you have worn out every other alternative in our lives. That's not the way that prayer was meant to be. And it's not the way that early Christians view prayer as well. And we find in our text that I shared today in Acts 12 that there would the early church face a terrible time of persecution. King Herod had arrested several Christians and James was executed. And when he saw that the Jews were happy about it, he arrested Peter as well. But the Bible says that he was kept there, but the church was earnestly praying to God for him. Herod had the power to completely destroy this small congregation. But these Christians didn't look up to the government or to to powerful leaders for help. But they knew the truth is Zechariah 4 and 6. It says, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. And friends, we tend to think that big problems can only be solved through education or the economy or politics. We think power resolves and resides with the Congress or the presidency. But but sometimes we ignore the greatest source of power in our entire universe. And you and I have it, right? Imagine if you are pulling into a gas station and there's this long line of cars that is sitting there outside of the gas station. But then after a while, you notice that there's nobody 
pumping any gas. People standing around looking hot and tired and complaining to each other. Some are washing off their car windows. Some have gone inside the store to buy candy. And then when you see that people are leaving, they're pushing their cars out of the station and down the road. Like, what a waste of a time to come to the gas station. It sounds like a waste when we think about the gas station, right? But think about the fact that our church, our worship time is a feeling time. It's a time that we have to be able to come in and allow our spirits to be filled up again. But a lot of times what we find is we come in and we talk about everything else and we do everything else. And sometimes we, if we're not careful, we can still leave empty the way we came in. And that's why it's important that we are always seeking God as the first resort. How should we pray? We should pray and trust God as if everything depends on God. Because it does. The church in Jerusalem knew they had a problem that was too big for them. Peter was trapped in prison, guarded by 16 soldiers, held by two chains. He had a real problem. But the early church knew that behind every miracle is a problem. I want to ask you, what problem are you facing today? Do you face something that is beyond your power to solve? Do you need a miracle Then I encourage you to plug into God's power through prayer and trusting God and stay connected to God while you wait for God's answer. It reminds me, I bought this new leaf blower uh, uh, last year to replace one that uh, a family member borrowed and they're still borrowing. So I thought I'd save some money by getting this battery powered blower. And I found it didn't have any power like the old one that we would plug in because there's no substitute for plugging in, my friends. And so here I had this battery operated one and I'm blowing leaves and it looked the same. It just moving from one little place here to the place right next to it. And I still had the same thing to clean up towards the end. But when I got the the old fashioned one that I really liked and I took it and I plugged it in, I was able to get those leaves up. And can I tell you, my brothers and my sisters, that's the similar thing that happens with us. We have a power within us when we are plugged in, when we are connected, we are plugged in to God, to the trust of God, to the hope that comes from God. And so when we come into worship, we have an opportunity to plug in and to make sure that we are connected and in our lives, we will stay connected. And the last part, why should we pray and trust God? Because God will give us confidence and comfort. The early church prayed for Peter, and they got an amazing answer. On the night before Herod was to bring him to trial, the angel appeared beside Peter and struck him to the side to wake him up. And when the angel told him to get up and put on his sandals, the chain suddenly fell off of Peter's wrist. Peter followed the angel out of the prison doors, thinking he must be dreaming. 
But when the angel left and he found himself standing out in the open street, Peter realized God had answered his prayers beyond anything he and his friends in the congregation had ever hoped for. And sometimes that's the way God answers prayers. But not always. Peter was set free. But what about James, who was executed by a sword a few weeks earlier? Did the church pray for James too? I'm sure they did. The church prayed in both cases. And when the answer was what they wanted, they rejoiced. When the answer was not what they wanted, God gave them the comfort that only God can give. You see, their confidence was not in what God could do, but their confidence, their trust, was in who God is. They knew that God could hear their prayers and answer with love and power. God often answers prayer in a different way than what you and I have in mind. I heard one time about a dad who heard his son, his young son, praying by his bedside one night. And the dad stopped by the door and heard the boy praying intensely over and over, saying, Tokyo, Tokyo, Tokyo. The next day, the, the dad asked the son what he was praying about. And the, the boy said, I put the wrong answer on my geography test yesterday. So I'm praying for God to please make Tokyo the capital of Mexico. We often pray for healing. We look to James 5 and 14 as a pattern where it says, Is anyone among you sick? He should call the elders of the church to pray over him and anoint him with oil in the name of the Lord. We pray with faith that God will answer. We pray not because God must grant healing, but because we know God can. And there's nothing too hard for God. Time and time again, we've seen God answer prayers in wonderful and amazing ways. But we don't believe that God will always do exactly what we want God to do. Our faith, our trust, our hope is in who God is, not what God does. We know God never has promised his children a trouble-free life. But we know that God hears our prayers. We know that God, God our Father, God our Mother cares. And we believe that God will work everything together for the good of those who love God and trust in God. And so you can be sure, my friends, that when you pray, God will do what is best for you. God will always give you the best possible outcome. This is our confidence. And when things turn out differently from what we may want, when we may have to endure hardship or sickness or grief, know that God will give us the comfort that we need. God will give us peace that surpasses all understanding. And so I remind you today that we must pray and trust God as a first resort. We must trust God as as if everything depends on God Because it truly does. And when we do this, we will have confidence and comfort in our lives that only God can give. There is a power that comes from praying and trusting in God. 
And in our lives, as we exercise that power, we know that God will cause all things in our lives to work together for our good. This is the word of God for the people of God. 